Welcome back to the Oklahoma Drill. It's officially week two. We made it through week one. It was so exciting. And now we're here to talk about it. Uh, it's Ryan here with Alex and Nathan. And guys, what'd you think? This is my new radio personality. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't really have any complaints, can you? Um, no. <laughs> it was a thorough, uh, thorough butt whooping, I, I think, a and I don't think anyone, at least I certainly didn't expect that extent no. of a of a, a beatdown. I mean, by the end of the first quarter, what was it, twenty eight nothing, something like yes, that? It was. It was twenty eight nothing. Kyler didn't even play the whole first half. That's how yeah. bad it was. Yeah. They had the backup quarterback in with like several minutes left. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Do you concur? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that you could have a complaint about this game. No. You know what I mean? Like no. a couple things kind of stuck out as something that you know they're gonna have to clean up, but that's gonna happen in every first game of a season. Sure. Like that's yeah. you're never gonna play perfectly, but like the defense played as well as you could have hoped for, and the offense had 400 yards in the first half and wound up with 650 total. Like, I mean, I'm not asking anymore from an offense. You know yeah. what I mean? No. So, yeah. um, I mean. If you have real complaints about that performance, and I'm looking at you, Oklahoma message boards, <laughs> you're, you're probably a terrible person. I mean, good lord! Well, how can you? I don't know how you could have, you know, actual true issues with it. I mean, especially compared to what FAU was last year. Yeah, I know they don't have it; they're same quarterback, but like every other player was a starter for them last year. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, it was just it was really impressive. Yeah, there was a point in this game where OU was up 56 to nothing, um, which is just nuts. Um, but actually, we have some stuff to talk about that happened before the game happened. Um, so do we want to get into that before we start yeah. doing a big breakdown? Yeah, I think, I think where you have to start is on Friday, there was some rumors that kind of started popping up that Addison Gums had hurt himself mm -hmm. um, and... A, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, rumored to be a, a season-ending injury. Mm -hmm. And I know I was talking to Nathan about it on Friday, and we were both just like, how the hell does this happen the yeah. day before a game? Yeah. You know? And apparently that was – it was just a freaky non-contact injury that, I mean, that no one could have prevented. Like, yeah. it just – It was just like – One weird. of the craziest things I've heard. Yeah. Just yeah, like I can't remember – yeah, I can't, like during stretch block or something. I, I don't know if I've ever, or like a light run through sort of That's thing. Wild. It was not, like yeah. I said, it was non contact. I, I can't remember a, this severity of injury ever happening like the day before a game. You know, there might be a guy like tweaked something, but never a blown ACL. It's just, yeah. you feel really bad for the guy because he's, you know, he, he was probably going to be either him or Mark Jackson. They were probably going to trade with the ones, and he was kind of the co starter yeah. there yeah. at the Jack position. And, he had, you know, he made it all the way through camp, and he made it the couple weeks leading up, and it was the day before the game, and then he tears his ACL, and it just, you know, it makes me feel bad for him. But um, yeah. he'll at the one good thing is he hasn't already used his red shirt year, so he'll get the year back, and I guess we'll see if he can make an impact next year. But it is a loss because now it's Mark Jackson who's. Okay, he had a couple of tackles for loss in the game, um, mm -hmm. but I don't think anyone would say he's you know oboe or anything. He's no no one that we would expect to be a big impact player. And then behind him, they have John Michael Terry after who they moved over, 
um, from the inside. So there's some, I guess, light depth, but that there's definitely a, maybe a little bit of a missing pass rush, pass rush component uh, to the defense. So it'll be something to watch kind of moving forward, just kind of how they deal with that. Yeah, no, for for sure, because yeah, like you said, he was he was slated, he was put on the death chart yeah. that we got as the <laughs> he was the guy that was listed first out of yeah. the three names on the death chart. So mm-hmm. he was definitely a guy that they were going to be depending on. And luckily, you know, we do have a guy like Mark Jackson who has actually been at OU a little bit longer than uh, Addison Gums, and has you know not as much experience as he should have, but mm-hmm. enough to where you feel comfortable with him on the field. Yeah. Um, speaking of the depth chart, that was like a big thing that dropped after our last episode, but before the game. Um, and I just have some thoughts about it. Um, because it was garbage again. Because they always are. Nathan and I were talking about this before yeah. the show. Like, how do we keep getting our hopes up that we'll learn anything from these things? Yeah, you hear you yearn for it all off season, just like validation of what you expect, what you think is happening, and then you see it, and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of, it's kind, yeah. Of, a, it's well, kind like, of a letdown every year, and then I delude myself the next year, thinking it's going to be something like super revealing. Yeah, well, like probably the biggest slap in the face in the depth chart is that both starting tackles were listed as oars at both tackle positions, <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, that that was wild to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, because uh, why? Like, I don't. To me, it's just crazy because, I mean, Bill Biedenboe came out this week and talked about how, you know, I don't buy into all of that stuff. So why does he want to hide that for as long as he can? Like, yeah. we had no idea who was going to be lined up at left and right before the game started until they ran out onto the field. And I just, that's just a silly thing to keep. In my opinion, like I don't think yeah. that would change the impact of, of anything. What does, yeah, what does Lane Kiffin get out of the? Oh, so Bobby Evans is for sure going to be the left tackle. So, yeah. I mean, can he? It's a really something that yeah. they're going to get. I mean, they're going to have to attack the other side of Bobby Evans anyway. Does it? I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's something to it, but I can't think that it'll be that it'd be that big of a deal of importance. Exactly. Um, the other thing. I mean, there was a lot of things on, about the depth chart that were kind of annoying. Um, a lot of ores, like an unusual number of ores, I would say. And then also, uh, the Sam linebacker position was just not present. <laughs> which yeah. we, which going into it, I thought that meant like, okay, we're really thinking of nickel as our base, and that's what we're going to be in most of the time. But like, that doesn't hold up if you watch the game. Like Ryan Jones is on the field a lot. I think he deserved to be on the depth chart. Um, yeah, no, he, I mean, I would say more than half the time we were in just a three, four. Yeah. Right. Ryan played a lot field. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, he had some, you know, rookie mistakes or whatever, but he looked pretty good, but I saw a 33 running around quite a bit. So they played Sam linebacker and then Bonito Benito, Harry, I still don't know how to say his last name and I've heard it a hundred times. Um, he played pretty, a pretty good amount of snaps with the second unit. So they were I mean, they were in the 3-4, a fair uh, percentage of the game. Yeah, and, like, I even, like, I went back and watched some uh, highlights, and, like, there was a third and long where we had the opportunity to substitute, and we, 
moved some guys off the D-line, like freshened up the D-line, and left Ryan Jones in on like a, in an obvious passing situation. So like, we're fine with being in base, and it's just weird that an entire position was left off the depth chart. Um, and this actually yeah. leads, this leads into my other thing about the depth chart, which is also kind of a take, um, and it's about the position that Buki plays on this football team. He is listed as our starting nickel. I do not think he plays nickel. I think that Buki is our strong safety. Yeah, I I didn't see him lined up as the nickel once. Maybe I missed it, but Justin Broyles was the nickel. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So, shout out to James Hale, but um, Nathan uh. knows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah, no, like Buki was lined up in a lot of different places, you know, like our, our safeties positions always seem kind of interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was really where he was. Justin Broyles was not on the field in our base defense. It was Buki and Khalil Houghton. Yeah. Um, just, so yeah, it just did not, that was not what was on the depth chart. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Again, another annoying thing. Yeah. I have no idea why you would call Buki your nickel when he is your base safety. And when you are in nickel, he is not the defensive back over the slot. Like he's not a nickel. He's playing strong. Yeah. Safety. I think what this all, what this boils down to is just, let's try and, remind ourselves next year that whenever that first death chart comes out, it's meaningless. Yeah. And I'm going to, I know that I won't remember that or I just won't believe it, but it's probably going to be a reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I think one of the, the maybe only valuable things that I saw on the death chart was we kind of learned the status of Michael Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and, is, he just seems to be in the in a huge doghouse. Like he's just not well, really in the rotation right now. One thing I heard about that is that he actually missed most of fall camp, so he might be kind of working himself back from injury a little bit, and that might be okay. part of the reason he's down there. Because I mean, whenever he got was was in the game, he made a couple plays. I mean, he had a yeah. that, he had the big catch from Mordecai, which is probably what twenty yards or so, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him work himself back into the rotation. But, yeah, he was third string behind a true freshman on the depth chart. So that might also be a little bit of a message that, hey, you need to get your you know rear-ending gear. Or you're going to get left behind, that sort of thing. Yeah. Isn't it interesting, too, though, that he was at the Z instead of in the slot? Like, he was listed, he's listed yeah, as is, an outside yeah. guy, and that's where he was in the game. You know, yeah. I, I'm not really – like this, he was basically our starter there last year. You know, he didn't produce right. a lot, but he was on the field a lot as our starting slot guy. And right now he's got, I mean, there's three walk-ons or former walk-ons ahead of him at the H position. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and Jalen Robinson being at the Z was kind of surprising to me, too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's some there's some weird things going on there, but I guess they're just kind of moving around, guys. I think they feel, even though it's all walk-ons, I think they like that H position with Basquin and for some reason, I don't, I'm still not quite sure why, but they must really like Miles Tease because they talk him up at like every interview opportunity. So um, it seems like that's your lunch pail group there. That's for yeah. your old adage. Is yeah. All three of them are current or former walk-ons, and they're all at the yeah. position. It's kind of a weird sort of thing. But yeah. and Drake Stoops got himself a couple balls too. So and he also yeah. had a big block. 
He did. Which is kind of funny because he's, you know, 5'9", 180 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have a, I would say, not like a hot take about this, um, but just a take uh, about this age position. And, you know, obviously, like we said, two of them are actually on scholarship, and but both were former walk-ons and Basquin and T's. Drake Stoops is a current walk-on. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I think I'm going to predict at this moment that by the end of the season, I think Drake Stoops winds up with the most catches out of this spot and winds up being the guy that gets the most snaps by the end of the season. I think that's um, completely reasonable. I think that's totally possible. Yeah. I think we, yeah. I mean, I think we've all been saying it just even since he was a senior in high school and he now he's going to be a walk on there. And I know it's kind of the easy low hanging fruit comparison, but I just, I mean, Hunter Renfro, he could be OU's Hunter Renfro for the next four years, you know, diminutive white slot wide receiver that, you know, doesn't look like he should be good at that good at football, but just makes an impact, you know, He's the. Yeah. I don't think he's quite as squat or you know as powerful as Welker, but he still has that body type or that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he still has that comparison that gets thrown yeah. around there, and yeah. for some for some reason, I'm not yeah. sure why. But uh, right. <laughs> man, I do well, love that his that his first like big impact play of his career was like the most lunch pail thing possible. <laughs> so lunch pail. <laughs> Hashtag so lunch bill. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I bet Bob like was loving that too because Bob always, you know, he was the champion of fullbacks and stuff like that. He liked the guys that would do sort of things like that. So, yeah. Oh man, Bob would have been very, very coach's son moment. Oh yeah, Bob must have been beside himself when in back-to-back plays, his son lays a key block and then gets a makes a good possession catch for a first down. Yeah, and it was. I mean, I, I think I was the only one at the game, but just hearing the crowd go stoops whenever he made that catch, yeah. that was a really cool moment. Like, yeah. I know they talked about it on the broadcast, and yeah. it just wasn't something I had even thought about. Like, it was, I don't know. I, just I, was, hadn't... I was honestly impressed with the um, stadium audience's awareness of what was happening and like, <laughs> True, ability yeah. to then who's the that. last? Who's the last guy that, we, that OU has had that, the stadium did that for is it Rufus Alexander? Is there somebody in the last ten years that the stadium collectively would do that for? Rufus is the last guy that I remember with it. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't think so. There was um, uh, the uh, I mean the game Samaje P Ryan broke the single game rushing record. He the crowd was essentially just cheering for him specifically. Yeah, but like right. That's a very specific circumstance. Yeah, well, and it wasn't in every game. It had, yeah. His name wasn't involved, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's a really cool thing. Um, just last thing on this. Um, the reason why I think Drake Stoops is the guy that, as we move forward, is going to get the most plays is just, I think he's the best athlete of the group. Um, you know, to me, Nick Basquin and Miles Tease are, I've never, I've, never really seen any explosiveness from them or quickness. Like mm-hmm. they just, they run good routes. Well, especially Nick Basquin runs good routes and he has great hands. Uh, but with the ball in his hands, he's not very dynamic and not saying that Drake Stoops is, you know, Tavon Austin or anything, but I think he's got a little bit more quickness than either one of those guys. And that's going to be something 
Um, that once he gets more comfortable in this offense, I think it's going to be something that they're not going to be able to to keep off of the field. Yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And the I think the other update that just before we launch right into the game analysis is that uh, in, in Lincoln's press conference today, uh, you talked briefly about Austin Kendall's injury um, suffered at the hands of the large equipment box on the FAU sidelines. Yeah. Um, basically rammed his shin into it, it looks like, or his knee or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he talked that he's going to evaluate or be evaluated throughout the week and see if he could be back by UCLA. And if not, they'll get the two tanners ready. But either way, it sounds like something that even if he's out this next week, it won't be much more than a few weeks, which I know just from initial reaction of him writhing on the ground, holding his knee, it was a pretty uh, positive scenario because yeah. I think everyone's initial reaction was, oh, this could be you know ACL or a season-ending injury. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I know when I saw that first, I, like my first thought was broken leg. You know, mm-hmm. just the way it that he kind of fell, and he's extremely lucky that 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 didn't happen. But um, yeah. so let's let's get into a full blown just review of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the way we would do this is kind of just go position group by position group offensively and just kind of grade them out a little bit. Um, and we can, we can, I don't want to go player by player, but you know, each position group we can pick out like a stand up guy or something. You know, um, I think the place that we should probably start is at the quarterback position because that's a relatively important position. Yeah. And obviously our guy Kyler Murray got the start and I think he played as well as you could have expected. I, you know, I don't know of anything like he missed basically one throw. Like he had two incompletions on the day, nine of 11 for 206 yards and the two incompletions, you know, he had missed a guy just over the middle on a, was it kind of a drag route over the middle? Yeah. And then on the outside, he was getting like crazy pressured. So I don't really blame him too much for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a yeah. really solid performance. Yeah. He took those two misses. He had kind of a nasty sack that. Um, yeah. But other that, than that, and the sack was on him too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Other than that, a really good performance. Um, yeah. I just call it very solid. You yeah. Know. Certainly uh, he didn't do anything else. Um, yeah. In places, the um, his first down scramble was nuts. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, there are not many human people that can do that. Yeah. Like he, that like Joel Klatt said, that's a Lamar Jackson type run. That, that's it right there. Like right. Baker Mayfield made runs of you know he would extend plays, but he was never going across the field and going to be able to gain yards. If he was scrambling like that, he was going to have to throw in order for it to be a positive play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just unbelievable to see the, the elusiveness, the speed. It was just like, cause that we just completely busted an assignment up front and a guy came free mm-hmm. and it just, it was no issue. I, w- I wasn't really worried about him getting sacked. I was like, Oh, he's going to get out of this. And then he did. Yeah. There was, yeah. it, no, it was really fun to watch because it was like, I don't think, at no point was I like, oh no, he's done something terrible or like, he, oh, right. what a bad decision. 
like during that he looked very uh, comfortable to me he looked very just you know this like it wasn't his first start or i guess technically it wasn't but yeah. um yeah. it just seemed very you know he seemed very settled and didn't seem like he was trying to force anything and it, yeah. i don't know he was only in for a quarter and a half so it's kind of hard to judge him too much but yeah. what he was able to do just you yeah. know what he's nine for 11 with 200 plus yards and two touchdowns so you can't complain too much yeah um like I'm just, I'm just thinking of things to nitpick. Like um, the one jump ball he threw up to Marquise Brown. Um, I think he put that on the wrong shoulder, but like it was fine. Yeah, I don't I don't think he should have thrown that ball uh, personally. Like yeah. the guy was very like the defender was in great position to defend it, mm-hmm. and I. Maybe he just knows. I mean, he definitely knows Marquise Brown better than pretty much anybody. But yeah. I didn't know Marquise Brown had that in his game. No. Like I'd never seen anything like that from Marquise <laughs> Brown. If you had told me C.D. Yeah. Lamb was the guy, then I would get it. But yeah, yeah, Marquise Brown just went up and got it, and that it was awesome. Um, that long touchdown to Marquise Brown. Oh yeah, uh, it looks it looks really good on TV. Uh, like from a throw standpoint, mm-hmm. in the stadium from my angle. As soon as he threw it, I was like, oh, he overthrew that by five yards. Like, it just looked like it had sailed on him. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not sure it's possible to overthrow yeah. Marquise Brown. Oh, yeah. It's hard to overthrow that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, so I w- was watching that play back. And the thing that gets me about it is that you can even, even watching it on TV, you get the sense that he's going to overthrow it because Marquise Brown, like, leaves the frame right when the ball sort of roughly when the ball leaves um, Kyler's hand. And Marquise is not moving at full speed when he's leaving the frame. And then you look downfield and you're like, how did he get that far downfield? Yeah. Well, and then he had to slow down a little bit. Like, he didn't just run full speed under it. Like, he got there almost too quick and had to slow down a little bit to catch it. Like, that dude, that's some next-level speed right there. That was unbelievable to watch. Um. Austin Kendall came in in the second quarter, which um, do you, either one of you kind of feel like that was like a disrespectful, not like a I'm going to I'm going to show Lane Kiffin, but like that's kind of like an ultimate like huh, I'm not even going to play my quarterback the whole first half. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, we played Baker the entire first half against UTEP last year, you know? Yeah. yeah. UTEP uh, I mean, I, I didn't scored. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was really like disrespectful, but I just thought I thought it was more amusing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, when Lane went for it on like fourth and thirteen, I was like, oh, okay, Lane's done too. <laughs> like, um, if you if you don't like it, stop him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't they they didn't run the score up or anything. They did they it was they didn't score with like the whole almost the whole fourth quarter left. I think they they got to sixty three with like twelve minutes left or something near there. Yeah. So I mean, it was. No, it, I, didn't, is, I didn't think it was disrespectful. I just thought it was no. kind of funny, and it's like the ultimate ass ass kicking beatdown kind of uh, right sign. Yeah. That, yeah. I guess that's kind of what I was. I meant by that more so than just. I don't think Lincoln was thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be a dick and take out Kyler this early." But yeah. Um. He's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm beating him so bad. I don't even need my starting quarterback the entire first half." Um. 
And it was definitely one of those games that even with Austin Kendall, and I think we could have gotten to like 80 with him in at quarterback, you know, like yeah. it just, we just literally had to stop trying to score. And before we stopped scoring. Yeah. yeah. And he was in with a bunch of freshman wide receivers in the second offensive line, and they were still moving the ball pretty well. So. Yeah. yeah. Like we got an entire series with every running back. Like that was wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick on what did we think of Austin Kendall? Um, I thought I thought he looked really good. I mean, uh, I thought you know, passing the I'm ball, obviously passing a big ball. Austin Kendall fan, so <laughs> I, uh, passing the ball, I thought he looked pretty good. I, I don't know why they're, I don't know if it was him making bad reads or if they're actually trying to run him some, but it kind of looked uh, forced. The yeah. whenever he was running the ball, um, so, yeah, and then obviously he got hurt doing that. But I don't think that's right. his game. I think they should moving forward whenever the offense is tailored more toward him i'd like to see them you know doing more quick passes and things like that not you know zone read concepts but yeah it was a little awkward but then he's probably a little rusty because he hadn't been in a game scenario in a year so um hopefully he's back soon and we can see him get some more uh second unit snaps and at some point throughout the year yeah his the the zone ready type stuff with him didn't look very good at all um but uh he was mostly competent throwing the ball the throw he had to the A.D. Miller, even though it was a fade route, and I usually hate those, it was a pretty well-thrown ball. That was, so. Yeah, that was a good ball. That was a good catch, too. Yeah. Now, A.D. Miller getting clocked by the ref. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he get, he that got was, hit sticks. That was amazing. That was incredible. Yeah, that, that dude was huge. He was, yeah. That was one of the biggest umpires I've ever seen. That guy was – he didn't. He barely even flinched. I mean, he had yeah. a – and A.D. Miller's not small. He had a full, you know, full-speed – college football player run into him and he basically just bodied the guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, overall at quarterback, you got to give him A's. Um, yeah. That, yeah, even just, Mordecai that throw, that, that throw was great by Mordecai. And just yeah. the way the ball came out of his hands, I was like, that, that guy can play. Like, I mean, yeah, he's he, not a scrub. The thing popped out of his hand. You, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was noticeable. As soon as he released the ball, you could kind of tell the people that were still watching the game kind of went, ooh, you know, kind of made a noise almost. And then yeah. it's a good catch by Michael to kind of adjust to the ball also. So, um, I don't know. It's promising moving forward. And then you throw a Rattler in there. I think next year, even once color moves on, it'll be a pretty interesting competition between the three of them. Oh, yeah. That competition is going to be fascinating. Um, so, that's quarterback. Uh, where are we going next, Alex? Let's go over to the running back position um, because, I mean, there are plenty of players to talk about here. Yeah. Um, quickly, I mean, Rodney Anderson looked every bit as good as the hype. I mean, he picked up right where he left off last year. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, he even looked a little faster in the open field to me. Like, just that burst down that the sideline on that 65-yard touchdown, yeah. I was I, – I, that yeah. was incredible. And on that 60, can we just uh, take a moment to appreciate the pitch concept that oh, kind of led I watched to that? that I watched that play like 12 times. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Because um, I was just trying to figure out, like, okay, what is Kyler reading here? And I realized, like, oh, he's freezing the safety in his gap. And mm-hmm. there's the perimeter blocking on that was incredible. It was like Carson that, Meyer. Yeah. Carson Meyer. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think uh, Kyler Murray is the perfect quarterback for that speed option concept because 
you know, a lot of times you get, I mean, you saw, I don't know if anybody watched the, with the Washington Auburn game, they tried to run a speed option with Jake Browning and it just Uh-oh. didn't work because he's not a threat at all. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, um, I, did, I didn't see that, but just the idea of it kind of makes me cringe. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, no, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was brutal. He pitched it super late and he, it wound up being a fumble, but yeah, no, I think, I think that speed option is something that we're going to see from Kyler this year. And which yeah. makes me even more excited because I bet out of it we'll get some like speed option pass type things, mm-hmm. and that'll be that'll be yeah. even more fun. So I was, the I first time he fakes the pitch and then keeps it and then actually ha- goes for like a pretty good chunk of yards, that's going to get a big uh, reaction from the crowd because that'll be you know shades of Jamel Holloway, you know. Oh yeah. Um, oh, the old people will love it. Oh, they, they will, will love it. Yeah. I was like. I was watching that play a lot um, because I was trying to figure out if it was like a freeze pitch sort of option. Um, cause, and I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. Because um, it definitely, the linebackers all go the wrong way um, to start. And I think it's literally Kyler takes one step and all of the linebackers go the wrong way. Um, yeah. That's, that's just like the gravity that he provides in these situations. No, absolutely. He, like, Lane Kiffin talked about it. Like, in a lot of ways, he's going to put more pressure on defenses than Baker ever did. You know, I don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be as good a quarterback as Baker Mayfield. But I think that what he presents to every to the other team and with the weapons that are around him, like, he might be harder to handle than what Baker was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Running quarterback is just one more thing you have to be aware of. So, uh, especially yeah. one that can take it to the house on any given play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like because I mean Baker could run, but it just like he was going to get five, ten yards on his scrambles. You know, Kyler could score on them. Yeah. Um, like the, let's um, let's oh, go. go ahead. Yeah, go. Well, I was just going to move on to to Trey Sermon. That's fine. Um, I thought Trey Sermon's touchdown run was pretty much the epitome of Trey Sermon. Um, Like the way he was able to cut and the way he just kind of shrugged some dudes off in his Mm -hmm. vision, like it just was everything, every attribute that Trey Sermon has was showcased on that run. Yeah. You know, and he was able to get outside. He might've, you know, he might've looked a little faster getting to the outside. It might just be the Jordan 11s. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but he looked really quick getting outside and getting to that pylon and at the corner of the end zone. Um, but that was, that was an incredibly impressive run. And overall it just was Trey Sermon looked like Trey Sermon. Yeah. It was like dump truck ballet is what I'm going to go mm-hmm. with. <laughs> dump truck ballet. Yeah. I like that. Keep, um, file that one away. Yeah. <laughs> going to need to get the trademark on that one. Um, yeah, no, Trey Sermon was really impressive. He was everything I think you can ask of him to be. He's, he's still the real deal. Um, I wish, I wish we had more of him. I wish we got to see him catch some passes, but you know, not everything can happen in every game. Yeah. We didn't see a ton of the, uh, Rodney Anderson, Trey Sermon backfields, which is something that I think we're just going to see a ton of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, they kept it kind of minimal. Um, but obviously we, we just didn't run that many plays. Mm-hmm. Um, last guy at running back that I really think is notable. I mean, obviously Kennedy Brooks had the great touchdown run, but I think that was really more 
the offensive line yeah. is incredible. Um, TJ Pledger to me looked good. Um, yeah. I really liked what I saw from him. I, and what specifically is he just looked like a guy that once we lose Rodney Anderson, he's going to be able to step up and be in that role as kind of just the do it all guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to be able to play every down because Trey Sermon is really good and I like him, but he just doesn't have that like super, he doesn't have the burst that you you right. know, ideally would want. Yeah. And I think TJ Pledger is going to have a little bit more of that. And he's going to be able to be just a little more dynamic at that position when we have to replace Rodney. Yeah. thing I like about Pledger is he runs really hard and he's low to the ground. So he kind of ping pongs around, but he's like, yeah, he's not like Sutton. He has like more, I don't know what the word would be, but he just, he can kind of run through his pads a little bit better. And even though Sutton did, you know, take a pretty good shot and he on his touchdown run, but and he ran through it, but I, I don't know. I, I just like the way Pledger runs yeah. a lot. And, Pledger, uh, Pledger runs with a bit more inertia. Yeah, and uh, so it's, and he, he he's a good receiver, and I don't know. I think he that's probably a good indi- or a good prediction is that he can be that guy moving forward that he every down back, and then Sermon can continue in his role of you know kind of be the number two guy, or if, even if he's the number one guy, he can kind of. Um, be the closer and the guy that, you know, wears defenses down and just that sort of role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want, let's move on to H backs real quick. So, so Nathan can gloat yeah. about Carson Meyer a little bit. No um, catches this week, but they're coming. <laughs> they are absolutely. You got You got to save it. You got to save it. Um, yeah. But like you, like you said earlier, he had some really nice perimeter blocks. Um, you know, they set up some some really big plays, so nothing mm-hmm. surprising there. Um, Jeremiah Hall was in the game quite a bit. Um, yeah. And real quick on Jeremiah Hall. So, after seeing him on the field, I am mm-hmm. not super sold on what I like. The body type is different than I expected. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like he. I, he doesn't look like Dimitri Flowers or Trey Millard on the field to me, mm-hmm. you know, just from like a body perspective. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's just, you know, maybe I'm being too picky about that kind of thing because with, Trey, you know, I remember Dimitri Flowers, there were times where you're like, oh, that looks just like Trey Millard. You know, mm-hmm. that was the mold. He looks, he doesn't look exactly like that mold to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kobe Tillman has great hair. Like, I think that's my last impression of fullbacks. It's hard to really – they didn't catch so many balls. Really, yeah. the only time you notice them is if you have a, if you see a long run and it's like you wind it back and say, oh, so-and-so had a good block. I don't know. It's hard to kind of gauge this early on. Mm-hmm. But um, I think at the very least, Hall gives you some athleticism. Maybe we'll see that some. Um, and then Meyer's just a really good blocker. If he has catches – I'll be stoked, but I mean, I, I certainly don't expect anything near Dimitri production. Uh-huh. Yeah, not, no, not at all. Um, yeah. Kobe Tillman, future Rip, in case people haven't heard of him, future Aaron Absolutely. Ripkowski. So that'll be <laughs> that'll be fun to watch him develop over the years. I mean, they even look; they had the beard and everything. It's kind of eerie. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so let's move on to the receivers. Um, Obviously, I think the guy that had the best day was was Marquise Brown. I don't think that there's really no other guy that yeah. did a whole lot. Like, you know, 
other guys had some catches, but Marquise Brown made the big plays in the passing game. Yeah, sure. It's a, and CD didn't have a big game, but you know, it's just so hard for they were only out there for you know a couple quarters, and mm-hmm. CD's catches both came with the second quarterback. You know, it's just yeah. one of those things that shout out. It's hard to get a good yeah. read on him. Shout out to CD though for um, on Lee Morris's touchdown run. Catching up to Lee Morris and passing him in order to block. <laughs> that was great, yeah. yeah. And you know who sprung on Rodney's first touchdown uh, was true freshman Jalen Robinson was the wide receiver that sprung that one. So that was kind of interesting to see, especially because he was in there when the game was still zero zero. Yeah. Um. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. No, I think that like if you're gonna play in this offense, you I mean you've got to block. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it. You have to be a complete receiver. That's one thing that I, I just really like about what we have going offensively mm-hmm. is every player on offense has to be a complete player. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can't, you know, as a running back, you can't just be good at running the ball, but as a, a bad receiver, they're just not going to put you on the field. Yeah. You know, as a receiver, yeah, but, you can't just catch. And, but if you run bad routes or if you can't block, you're not getting on the field. Yeah. They talked about how good of a, you know, off-season, Kennedy Brooks has had running-wise, but that he's still not quite, you know, there pass-catching-wise and, you know, being able to protect the quarterback and those, you know, the little things, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why he's still the fourth or fifth back. You know, he, he hasn't been able to surpass Sutton. So just one of the – and that's probably the reason why Sutton, you know, had to jump to third, to the third back, because he's been able to do those things over the past year. So it's just something that they put emphasis on that maybe not every program does, at least to the same degree. I do real quick on Marcellus Sutton. Like his first play in the game was that a uh, Lee Morris touchdown. Mm-hmm. And on that play, I'm pretty sure he went to the wrong side he of did. Kyler. He absolutely did. And he missed the block completely. So that was really impressive stuff from Marcellus. Wow. But yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it obviously worked out, but yeah, it worked um, out. <laughs> just a couple whiffs there by Marcellus Sutton. Yeah. Um, other, other is <laughs> do what I said. He was excited. Got ahead of himself. Yeah. yeah. Other receivers. I think, I mean, like you said, Jalen Robinson got in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Drake Stoops earlier. We talked about the slot position earlier. Um, Grant Calcaterra had one catch for three yards and was largely nowhere to be found in a lot, you know, for the majority of the game. I don't, read anything into it like no. like it was a lot like cd it was just today was marquise brown's day and we ran all over him so there, it just wasn't a ton of opportunities yeah. in the passing game yeah. to make so his, his one catch was hilarious though because i really don't know if it got us any more yardage than kyler would have gotten if he had just kept it on the ground yeah no i, I think that's right yeah he sidearms yeah. it across his body like that was uh here grant you get hit this time catch like mm-hmm. yeah um and then i guess the guy we got to talk about lee morris right oh, because yeah. that might be the player of the game because that touchdown that he had um was unbelievably impressive just yeah. him making that contested catch just you know the defender was right there but he made the catch then he broke the tackle and then he i haven't you know last year we saw him in very limited you know opportunities but he looked pretty explosive to me in the open field you know for a guy that's his size at that position for a former walk-on 
I was like, that's that's a good looking player running down the field. It might again, it might have been the Jordan Elevens. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, the Jordan Elevens. I just. I mean. I am so glad that there was a review of that play, right? And I feel like, from a marketing standpoint, it's extremely beneficial for OU's receivers to just like get as close to the sidelines as possible at every touchdown run. Yeah, so they can just get close-up looks of those Jordan 11s, and they're yeah. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I am like, I'm going to talk way too much about those cleats this year, guys. It's probably going to happen on every podcast, so you're just going to have to prepare yourself. Yeah, they're just tight. Like, they're just good-looking cleats. They look great. Yeah. How do they you feel great. about the Jordan uniforms in general? I thought they were fine. I yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm. I'm. they look a little updated and that's fine. You know, yeah. the, the really uniforms like, have been the same forever. So that's kind of like the, the new OU decal. Uh, it's not quite as, you know, overly, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah. more rounded. I kind of like that actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And it's a little bit bigger, isn't it? It is, which I actually like. Yeah, I know I think some so. people don't, some people don't like it when helmet decals get too big, but like, I feel like it's yeah, a I good think size. it's a good, I think that's I mean, a good middle point right there. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it like dominates the helmet, but I don't know. It just seems more symmet- symmetrical, I guess. Uh, yeah, it it just fills in the space better. Like, I think it's good. Like, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's on the opposite end of like the Nebraska in like the like the stiff yeah. line Nebraska in, which I hate yeah. because it takes up like no space on the helmet. Um, right. But, yeah. So. Well, I don't. I don't think we can leave Lee Morris without talking about the block punt Absolutely. because that block punt was awesome. It wasn't even. Um, it wasn't even a block punt, too. I, it's true. Strictly speaking, I he, think that was a fumble recovery or a forced fumble. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was awesome. I was. It was great. Well, it, it was a total blown assignment, but that punter is slow. Yeah. Like yeah. just straight up slow. Like you should not. Like, even if a dude running from the middle, you should be able to at least kick the ball, I feel like. You know what I mean? It's not like it was Trey Brown running up the middle unblocked. Like, it was yeah. a basically a tight end that ran right up the middle. Um, but an incredible play. That really, after that play, the game was pretty much over. Yeah, you, know, you like, could kind of tell, tell they just uh, wilted after that. Yeah. Um, it I definitely... Mean, that play was part of a series where OU scored three times in nine plays. Like, yeah, no, it was incredible, and like that's first time since two thousand two that that's happened. Like, mm-hmm. that just, you know, it's Will been Peoples. way too long. Yeah, Will Peoples, shout out to Will Peoples. Um, I think the last block punt was from Matt Diamond in twenty thirteen at Kansas. Um. <laughs> So it's yeah, it's been a while I, yeah. since we've seen anything really that impactful from yeah. a from a punt team. Um, is there are there any other receivers that we want to talk about? Charleston Rambo was out, but he's supposed to be back this week, so that'll be fun to yeah. see him. Uh, Anybody not, else? Not really. No, nothing. Uh, I think it's time to talk about the O line. Yeah. Because goddamn it, I love Bill Beatonbow. <laughs> I yeah, Bill Beatonbow is. He's probably the best coach on the staff, like, honestly, um, oh. other than maybe Lincoln. Like, he makes everything work. And just the way you know, Lincoln Riley talked about the like the culture of the offensive line 
And nowhere has that been more obvious to me than whenever our second team offensive line came in. Mm-hmm. And they were still um, just like it, kicking people's ass. The, yeah. the hole they opened for Kennedy Brooks, you could drive a truck through that thing. Yeah. Creed Humphrey just demolished whoever was lined up across from him. Yes, and he did. It was, it was just nuts. Yeah, no, I. it was just, I mean, and if you look at it from a recruiting standpoint, on that second team offensive line, there are four four-star guys and a three-star. And the three-star is Creed Humphrey, who's probably the best player out of all of them. So, I mean, it's just kind of incredible the amount of talent that we have accumulated on the offensive line um, just overall for that to be our second team offensive line. And I don't know if do any of you guys follow Sam Mays on Twitter? Uh, Briefly. Yeah, I, I don't check with him a lot, but I do follow him. Yeah. So Sam Mays, if you know, he's on he's a radio personality in Oklahoma City and he's an OSU grad and he's kind of gotten into this thing where he's just always super complimentary of OU because he he basically just he loves the way OU plays the offensive line and everything um and he tweeted just straight up like the second team on the second team line at OU is better than an OSU starting offensive line like they blow guys up blow people off the ball a lot more than anything he's seen from OSU um and I I don't think you can argue that like they're just you have to look at the talent on that second team offensive line yeah. and compare it to OSU's. It's just not really a comparison. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I we will talk about the starting offensive line in a minute, but that's not even all we have. There's like four four star guys that aren't even on the second team that were just sitting there that aren't in the rotation. And they're either red shirting or they're just not in the rotation yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's just unbelievable the amount of talent that we have up up front. Mm-hmm. Now let's start about let's talk about the starting offensive line. Um, obviously we had Bobby Evans at left tackle, Ben Powers at left guard, Jonathan Alvarez at center, Drew Samia at right guard, and Cody Ford at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that stood out to me was that I guess the thing if you want to be the left tackle at Oklahoma. You have to be a dick on the football field. <laughs> Evidently. Because Bobby Evans got himself a 15-yard kind of taunting personal foul on Trey Sermon's touchdown run. And yeah. And basically it's because it. he – He's basically because he drove his man so far into the dirt that he just fell on him. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, if, that, if, that, if that's what happens – Sometimes you get a personal foul. I can live with that because that's the type of attitude you want to see on the offensive line. And it got us, and it was spraying for a touch, it spraying sermon for a touchdown. So can't hate on it too much. Yeah. Um, no, like yeah, you don't want it to be a recurring thing um, where it it actually hurts the team. But like I love the attitude, like the entire offensive line that has that attitude, and it's just it's awesome to see. Yeah. Um, I thought John Alvarez was. You know, I think from the center, you just never want to hear them mentioned unless it's, you know, for they pulled or something and Uh for a big run or something. But you don't want it. I never saw us, you know, have issues with uh, protections. You know, I it seemed like they were having success running out the middle. And granted, it's against FAU, but they were a decent team last year. Um, I thought it was a good first start for him. And I I mean, I think 
everyone that follows the program you know closely that would be the position that you might have some concern with mm-hmm. also possibly Cody Ford at right tackle but yeah uh, I thought it was a good first start so we'll see if he can fend off Creed Humphrey as they move forward but um, I think a good reason uh, or a, a good sign for optimism you know yeah for him moving forward I'll say um, the um, that quarterback draw we ran um, Cody Ford did miss a block on that um, but ultimately they the um, he seemed to settle into the position really well. And, like, both sides of the line pulling on uh, uh, the counterplay we run all the time, they look just amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, real quick on, on Jonathan Alvarez. Um, you know, you talked about Creed Humphrey, where he just demolished his dude on that Kennedy Brooks touchdown. I don't think you're really ever going to see that from Jonathan Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Um He's, he's just not the kind of guy that's no, going to just so manhandle somebody in front of him. But then well, at the same time, Creed Humphrey let a guy through and they hit Kyler, you know, earlier in the game. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. that's basically what they're trying to prevent. Like you don't want to hear from Jonathan. If you don't hear from Jonathan Alvarez, he's had a good game, you know? Right. And that, I think that's just sort of the thing. It's Creed Humphrey's obviously more talented. He's obviously the guy that, is the future at that position, but is he ready now? You know, can he go through a game mistake free? And that's probably why Alvarez got the starting nod because FAU had some good players. And, you know, I don't think anyone before the game was expecting it to be, you know, quite the blowout it was. So they wanted someone that had that experience that um, could prevent, you know, or that could make the correct calls on the line and do the adjustments and do just all the things that the center is responsible for. So, um, if if you were to tell me that Creed Humphrey was starting by Texas, I wouldn't be shocked. But I also thought Alvarez looked better yesterday than he looked at any point um, in his first couple years starting. So I think it's again, I just think it's a good um, early start for him. Yeah, and well, and there's I think definitely going to be the potential. You know, if there's any injuries up front at the guard positions, you're going to see both of those guys on at, on the field at the same time, in all likelihood. I think those those six guys, like the starters plus Creed Humphrey, I think those are the top six guys in Bill Beatenbow's eyes. And so if, you know, Ben Powers took something, I think I think Jonathan Alvarez is the guy that's that would uh, come in, like slide over to that guard position. Yeah. Yep. And he started there for a college football playoff team, so we know he's done it before. Yeah. He did. <laughs> it is truly unbelievable that a team with that offensive line made the playoff. Like it really is. It, that might, yeah, looking, I think looking at it, looking at it in the back, it's, it was a true, or it was a red shirt freshman Orlando, yeah. Don Alvarez at left guard, Ty Darlington at center, Neela Casatati and true freshman Drew Samia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, it's unbelievable. Like from then to those, now it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if any of those guys start on this offensive line. You know what I mean? If you're ta- if you're talking about putting redshirt freshman Orlando Brown, like I'm not sure. I don't think he's starting on this. I don't think Drew Sami is starting. Like it's no, that so it's that's how good it is now. Yeah. Um. All right. So that that pretty much does it with the offense. I, I think we forgot to give grades to the running backs, receivers, and offensive line. Well, the running but backs. I'm just give an A. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them all A's. Yeah. You know. Participation uh-huh. trophies. 
Yeah, they they all get A's. You know, we, if you put up 650 yards and 400 yards and a half, yeah, I think you deserve an A. Let's go to the defense because that is probably the more interesting of the side of the ball. You know, yeah. in terms of we just didn't know at all what to expect, and mm-hmm. um, I think that you know most people would consider what they saw on Saturday, you know a booming success up front on the defensive line. Yeah. Um, that was probably in terms of just run defense, the best I've seen our defensive line play. in, you know, a long time, 2014, maybe. Right. And I mean, Devin, Devin Singletary is a good back. He was making guys miss. He was, he had great vision and they still held him to like 60 something yards. Um, I was just extremely impressed with just the the group tackling. I think they played with really good effort. Um, both I thought both the defensive ends had really good games, and Lincoln kind of uh, echoed that in his press conference today. Both Bledsoe and Mann both played really well. Ronnie Perkins made a really big impact. Um, I don't know. It was, yeah. a, it was a good it's good group effort for sure. Yeah, let's talk about Ronnie Perkins real quick because I think I'm in love. Um, like that guy. That is what elite talent at defensive line looks like right there. Like that is that he's an elite talent. Um, we haven't had guys like that. If we have like guys that look kind of like him are guys that came into OU and after five years, that's what they looked like. This guy is a true freshman. You know, yeah. he came in in the spring, but this guy, this what this guy is, is a true freaking freshman. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, that's elite talent on the defensive line. That's what you need to compete with the big time schools. Mm-hmm. And like, he just, I, the, some of the plays he made, I was just like, he can't be this good already. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this is his first game. Like it, those were like the first drive he ever played. Like he basically stalled for Atlantic's drive Yeah. on that first possession they had. Like he made two really key tackles that just ended their drive. You know, like, and that was, it was unbelievable to see. And having a guy like that behind Kenneth Mann, I mean, that's going to raise Kenneth Mann's game because Absolutely. he played really well too. He was doing yeah. a lot of similar things to, to Ronnie Perkins. I'm just obviously going to be more impressed by a true freshman doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, sorry, real, like you said, mentioned Imani Bletso, probably the best game I've seen from him. Like he was, he looked really good out there. Like I, yeah. You know, that was that was the guy that we need. Neville Gallimore, I mean, he had the sack and he he did he did some nice things like I'm encouraged by what I saw. It's just one game against, you know, not a fantastic opponent. Um, yeah. So I think he just we'll needs to, to be see. a little more consistent because they're they're along. I mean, there were big stretches of the game where I didn't really hear his name. And then he had a couple of really big plays. So, right. Just kind of the same thing with him. If he can just elevate and play at that level all the time. And I don't know how realistic that is because they rotate those guys a lot. But at that, at the same point, he, they rotate those guys a lot. So he should be fresh in the fourth quarter. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of track him throughout the year. And Does he kind of, as the game wears on, does he, you know, make more and more of his presence known? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Anything else on the D line? Because I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and give him an A, and yeah. we can move on to the linebackers. Just because yeah. there was just, you know, there there was no concerns raised from what I saw. Like no. it was, they didn't answer every question that I have for them, but there just wasn't concerns that I saw. 
I thought um, Tyrese Lott looked pretty good in the backup I agree. role. He, I thought yeah. he flashed a few times. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I always like a defensive lineman wearing number 93, too. So that was that was good to see. Um, let's move on to linebacker because there's there's some stuff to talk about here for yeah. sure. <laughs> we'll start at the Jack. Um, my, my biggest concern here is that I think we're probably just going to run Mark Jackson into the ground like we did Oboe last year. Yeah, we just don't um, have the depth Yeah, now that we don't have a Addison Gums. Um, because well, John Michael Terry... Is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just well, going to say the thing with that is how much of it do they... Um, do they shift, maybe not the Jack position anymore, but do they shift? Do they start playing Perkins more in a on the other side of the front or do they, how, how do they kind of tweak things to um, deal with the lack of depth at that position? Because I don't think, I mean, they're not going to run the defense through Oba like they did last year. So I don't yeah, really know right. what to expect. Yeah, no, I hope, I hope Mike Stoops has the, uh, the foresight to kind of do that. You know, I, I kind of question, he did mention it, I think in his, uh, in his post game press conference a little bit. So, if we make that change, I'll be all for it. Um, I think having Ronnie Perkins and Kenneth Mann on the end of the lines, it would be really good against the run. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what the pass rush would be like, but um, I think that that's something that could hold up for for short stints, especially. Um, but if not, if Mike Stoops does what he's kind of done previously, uh, um, you know, John Michael Terry came in and I didn't really notice him you know like he he's extremely new to the position yeah um i saw yeah, he didn't he didn't really make any plays but it's maybe hard he's to really solid yeah it's hard to judge him because like you said he's he's been playing this position for like a month yeah so, yeah what does I mean, he look maybe, like i guess game six yeah maybe he can come in and be pl Lindley and just kind of stabilize stuff a little bit to where mm-hmm. it's not just like a, sure. a weak position but and that's fine. If he can PL do Lindley. that, we'll be all right. Yeah, if he can be P.L. Lindley, who was in my freshman English class, we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I my concern is that we're just going to kind of overuse Mark Jackson a little bit. And I think another guy, I think it'd be interesting to see Nick Benito kind of get into that spot a little bit as a pass rusher. Um, I don't think this is something that you'd want to see on, you know, first down or second down, but... In passing situations, I think he could provide some nice pass rush from that spot. Um, and I guess Jakari Daly just doesn't exist. I yeah. think that's that's one thing yeah. that we learned. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he must be in the doghouse for something. I don't know. You yeah. Sure, yeah. I'm not sure where the disconnect is, but because he looks like he has talent, but I sure yeah. never hear his name mentioned, and I sure didn't see him <laughs> on Saturday. What if Mike can't yeah. pronounce it? I don't know if I've made this joke before. What if Mike? I can't definitely pronounce? have, definitely yeah, have. Yeah. But go ahead. I just, I really think that there's a chance that Mike can't pronounce his name, and that's why we don't hear about him ever. Yeah, um, he, can't, he can't. He can't tell tell anyone to put him in, put yeah. him in the game. And he doesn't want to get it wrong, so he just doesn't try. <laughs> so he just doesn't try. He's. We're just gonna just keep Mark out there. Mark's easy. Yeah. Mark and John. Mark. He's Mark got, and John. He's Michael. been saying yeah. Mark since he was like three. So. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so let's move over to the inside, guys. Um, well, I guess I guess we should we should talk about the Sam position because as we found out on Saturday, it does exist. Um, what yeah. do we think of Ryan Jones? 
Um, you know, I thought he performed really admirably. Um, yeah. For a guy that I, I like, again, he wasn't on the depth chart. And what, what even is that? Like, and no, yeah, I think he performed really admirably. He, um, yeah. they, uh, they obviously know, have a lot it's of hard to... to go ahead. I was just going to say, it's hard to really... I mean, he didn't make, like, any big plays, but at the same time, I saw him running around a lot. He seemed active. Yeah. Um, I think he made a, might have had a bust or two, or just, you know, small things. But, again, he, he's a really good athlete. So it's just, I think with him, it's more... This year, it might take him you know, some time to really catch on. But I think as he gains experience, I think the athleticism will start taking over, and that's when he, it'll really be... Uh, something like you know that he'll really start adding to the defense he'll because there's just not many guys that are 62 230 that move like he did like he does yeah no he looked i thought he looked just he looks really good in a football uniform like he yeah from sideline you know he just he he's got a lot of potential you know he's probably not going to make a ton of plays here at the beginning of the season but i think by the end of the year you know you could see him you know have like a crazy pick six or something that you're just like whoa did not expect that from a linebacker mm-hmm. um I mean, we don't need to talk nick benito played a little bit let's talk about uh let's talk about the the will position because mm-hmm. you know we talked about how you know at least i did like i'm gonna be super annoyed if if caleb kelly is not the starter at and, the will and, and it just turned out he was not the starter um, but from what I saw on Saturday, it, maybe it's just that Curtis Bolton's good. Yeah. Because hey, he looked like maybe our best linebacker. Hey, you're talking about big 12 defensive player of the week, Curtis Bolton too. I, in mind, I right? am. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, thought he looked great. Like obviously he recovered the punt for the touchdown, but like he just, he got into the backfield a few times. Like he, he looked really fast on a couple plays. I know there was a like a screen play that they mm-hmm. they threw out there, and he kind of got outside and made him cut back in. Like he didn't make the tackle, but he made the play there. You know, yeah. so I was really impressed with what I saw. It might be a I hot take, but I thought they ball. both looked pretty good. Even whenever Caleb was in, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, maybe his issue might just be consistency. You know, he's only yeah. again he's only been playing that position for a month, so it's hard to really be too critical of him but um i don't know i think it's kind of it's draper didn't get to play very much but if you think about just from a talent aspect that's the most talent we've had in depth too at at that position in a long time you know Mm -hmm. we're just two years ago we had emmanuel beal and that's it after tay evans went down so right uh, well that's i mean that he was he was our starter last year you know like to go from that into, and now we have a guy like Curtis Bolton and Caleb Kelly as a rotation. Like, I mean, right. I wouldn't because I agree. I thought Caleb Kelly looked really good. You know, I thought he made a lot of plays from sideline to sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's his athleticism flashed in that position. Um, maybe we just rotate them all year. You know what I mean? Like, if they're both going to play at that level, I don't see why you can't have you can't play both of them and just have a fresh guy out there all the time. No, I don't, I, I completely agree and. Bolton kind of talked about that yesterday as as Caleb kind of settles into the position and becomes more comfortable it's just going to be allow them to do that and to do that have a true rotation and you know it'll I mean it'll benefit both of them because 
A, it run, keeps them from having the oboe problem of, like last year where they kind of run a player down, mm-hmm. and it keeps them probably um, from having as much risk of injury. And there's, there's all types of uh, positives that you can take out of it. So if you're having two guys that are both playing well, I mean, that's really exciting because that's just not something we've had at the inside position in, God, a half decade, probably more. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything All right, let's, else to say. Yeah. Well, let's shift over to the mic because, um, Kenneth Murray played mm-hmm. and officially had zero tackles according to OU stats. Mm-hmm. Now, OU stats is terrible at this. Yeah. yeah they're they're um, truly atrocious. And I, I don't know who runs that, who does that within the, athletic department but they're not good at their job i'm sorry yeah so this has been a long time gripe by the way this isn't just oh, yeah. yeah no 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 um yeah so officially zero tackles for kenneth murray which would seemingly be a concern um but what i saw from him i just saw a more like assignment sound football player yeah you know what i mean this he didn't what... make he didn't make plays, but he didn't allow plays to be made on him either. You know what I mean? Because well, he was always there to kind of stop it from happening. Yeah. And by what, not running out okay. of his gap, yeah. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, and by not running out of his gap, he allowed plays to be made around him. Mm-hmm. So he allowed others to be able to make plays because he was in his spot. Yeah. Um, they were throwing a lot of balls to the sidelines. They were yeah. take, basically ignoring the middle of the field. And then whenever they were running the ball, the D-line was getting to him before the linebackers even could. Mm-hmm. So there weren't a lot of balls to, you know, a lot of tackles to be had. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I thought he played well. And I honestly didn't even – I would have thought he had maybe three or four tackles because I saw him around the pile a lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought he had several tackles. So I don't know how he could have had zero, but – yeah, yeah, I don't know how he didn't get credit for a tackle on the play that Neville Galmore almost killed him. Like, <laughs> yeah. he was basically there, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't read into that at all. Uh, I think he's going to make plenty of plays as the season progresses. And if he just does his assignments like he did today, I think that's going to help our defense more than anything else he could do. Yeah. The dude, he's not, he's not Roquan Smith, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone – thought he would no. be but he's also just a sophomore playing his second year at the in- inside linebacker position and if he goes from last year where like he kind of flashed a little bit but was you know kind of a disaster in terms of assignments to a guy that just fulfills his assignments then he can move on then you could start looking at more of a playmaker at the position but there's going to be a progression mm-hmm. through right. the different stages of maturity for a linebacker yeah and i mean assignment soundness like our defense's assignment soundness was literally something joel clatt was and these are his actual words nerding out about in the booth um so that's an obvious massive step forward in terms of the front seven um just all around yeah because when's the last time anyone had cause to nerd out about anything about our defense outside of just like how bad the stats were yeah. Like, oh, can you can you believe how inefficient this is? That sort of thing. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's again, uh, it, and if he doesn't have any tackles against like Army, then that you can be concerned. But against FAU, where they're basically ignoring 
where he was in the field at all times. I, I, I'm just not that concerned about it. Yeah. And just in general, like, Devin Singletary is one of the best players in the group of five. And we held him to uh, 18 carries and 69 yards. You know? Yeah, that's outstanding. Because that guy can play. I don't yeah. care I would what say that, on. That, that's pretty nice, if I, if I may <laughs> it say is so. pretty nice. He had 1,900 yards and like 32 touchdowns last year. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. All right. So, anything else at linebacker? Deshaun White got in the game and he looked really fast and athletic, but he also looked like a freshman to me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, he, you could see the talent, but I mean, it's just one of those things. It's his first game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just if you, if you think Ford, do you think, um, you know, I, I'm sure Caleb Kelly will play well this year too. So it's maybe a kind of a, a moot point, but mm-hmm. do you think they might have Deshaun White move over to the wheel and kind of compete with Caleb Kelly next year? Um, just to kind of, cause they obviously really, really like him. And I think the will is a position that probably suits him better, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I, I could definitely see there kind of being another pretty big competition for Caleb Kelly, mm-hmm. unless Caleb Kelly just decides he wants to be an all American this year or something. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be really interesting because you'll also have Draper, who didn't play, but you know it could be he could have injury. Who knows why? Because uh, he looked good in the spring, and then you'll have Brian Asamoah, who will probably redshirt this year. But I mean, they'll have some other guys. It'll be curious to or interesting to see kind of how that all shakes out. Um, I agree that he's probably a more natural will, but I would say that about just about everybody on the team that's a mm-hmm. linebacker. Uh, none of them are true. Mike, even Kenneth Murray, I, I think he's more of a will. But um, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to follow because, like you said, they do seem to really, really like Deshaun White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, again, good Lord, his recruitment was so stupid. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the secondary because yeah. there this was there was weirdness here. This This probably is the position group that I had the most – concerns about moving forward because there were some openings yeah. that Chris Robinson just wasn't able to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like yeah. at D line and linebacker, like it was just, everything was just covered, you yeah. know, and yeah. in the back end, like, yeah, you're going to give up some plays, but I think we got a little bit lucky um, to not give up any when our starters were out there, you yeah. know? Yeah. They, they miscommunicated, miscommunicated on a couple things, but at the same time, they have two new starters at safety. They're all young. Uh, and, I mean, Kiffin's a good offensive coach, so some of yeah. that was bound to happen anyway. I don't know. I thought the corners played pretty well. I didn't really notice the safeties outside of Houghton, uh, you know, being basically being with his guy on a deep pass once and covering it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, they dropped their interception opportunities. That was probably my main bone of contention with them is they had like like three opportunities for picks outside of Robert Barnes like you know easy interception mm-hmm. but like Buki missed one uh, Motley missed one Norwood missed one so I'd like to see them capitalize on those moving forward yeah yeah let's I want to talk about Khalil Houghton first because I I thought he looked more athletic on the field than I had ever seen him and it just and it, I don't think it's ever been a I don't think he's gotten more athletic. I just think that like I kind of see what people have been talking about in terms of he mm-hmm. just isn't thinking as much and he's playing faster. Like he was yeah he was just mm-hmm. playing faster. There was a couple times he was 
quick to the sideline to get a guy pushed out of bounds. And yeah. like, I've just never really seen him be decisive on the yeah. field. And there was some pretty decisive plays by him. So I was, I was impressed if hopefully he can build on this and have a nice senior year. Yeah. If he uh, could play up to his potential. I mean, that's as high a potential at safety as anyone we've had in a while. It's just, he hasn't shown it and it's been frustrating, but um, I mean, he had. I mean, he's he was highly recruited out of high school, and everyone thought he would be a really good player. And maybe he's finally kind of uh, actualizing that, realizing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Buki. <laughs> All right. Um, Buki can actually teleport. I'm I'm pretty sure at this point. <laughs> he's just okay. He um. He was so involved all the time, and he was yeah. in so many different places on the field at the start of the play. But by the end of the play, he was within five feet of the ball pretty yeah. much every the, time. My favorite play with Buki was the whenever he hit the one guy out of bounds, and he basically just bench-pressed him like six yes. yards. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy flew out of bounds. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. He, You know, he should have had the pick, but... That also would have been a pretty impressive catch. Like that ball was thrown really hard and like pretty yeah. inaccurately. So right, I, I don't think he, had, he was expecting the ball to come right out of space. No, <laughs> it was such a bad throw. Right. Um. But yeah, like he just was everywhere. I do think, if I have a criticism, there were a couple times where I think he tried to go for a huge hit, and the guy kind of bounced off of him. He's yeah. not the biggest guy in the world. Yeah. I think he's going to need to tackle. He needs to tackle with a little bit more technique. I despise the people in the stadium that yell wrap up every time someone's running. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were a couple times where he he did need to do that. You know, like there was that play where, you know, he missed the guy five yards behind the line of scrimmage. It would have been an incredible play. Mm -hmm. Um, He just, and like, it didn't matter because there were five guys behind him with, you know, he slowed him down to allow Perkins to, clean yeah. it up but like you said um he just kind of bounced off him and he knocked him over but he didn't knock him down um yeah. it's just one of those things he'll, he'll learn that it's it's different in college you yeah. actually have to yeah tackle all the way to the ground so um yeah. but what was exciting was the recognition that allowed him to blow that play oh, up yeah. before i mean he saw it way before it ever even the ball, guy ever even got the ball because he's had a full head of steam um mm-hmm. right as he was catching that ball so and that's yeah. what's exciting about him. Well, and the, another exciting thing, I saw a couple of situations like that from Justin Broyles, where mm-hmm. he there were a couple passes out there that he was really trying to get out there to tip. And, like, I mean, he wasn't, like, super close to an interception, but he almost got his hands on one or two. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's really exciting to see, just the in- anticipation and the recognition that both of those guys showed. Um, and it kind of echoes everything you've heard about both players kind of leading into this game. Yeah. Um, also, Justin Broyles got freaking jobbed on that pass interference. Yeah, that was at the, end yeah. Of the I, game. I, yeah. I still don't see it. It must have happened earlier in the route, if anything happened, because I, from what they showed on TV, I don't, I didn't see it. I didn't see no. what where the interference was. I saw great coverage. Like it was yeah. that was fantastic coverage. He knocked the ball down like. That was textbook, and he got penalized. So, yeah. um, you know, so uh, both of those guys, I was I was impressed with. Yeah. Real quick on one more secondary guy, I thought Trey Brown off the bench played really well. He did. Yeah. Um, 
He had some good coverage plays. The uh, corner blitz that he tracked the guy down whoo, just showed his speed. Is yeah. you know that just kind of showed you all the talent, how fast he is. Because uh, yeah. I don't know, he, he I, I must have been half paying attention whenever that play happened in the game because I kind of like did a double take and had my dad rewind the the TV, you know, to show it again because it just kind of caught me by surprise how fast he was moving. Yeah. Yeah, I. We rotated corners a lot today. We like really when did. we even when our yeah. starters were out there, Trey Brown was out there a lot with the starters, yeah. and he was out there with Motley and Norwood. It was to that the something... point that I, it was to the point that I thought Norwood might have got hurt <laughs> because yeah. I was wondering why Trey Brown was playing so much early. Is that something we expect to continue? Um, I think I think we're going to do it whenever we can. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I know Kerry Cooks has talked really about it before. Throw. I think um, at the moment, at least, all of those guys look good enough to be playing. So we're just going to keep them fresh. Yeah, I think that's smart. Absolutely. Um, one play with Trey Brown that stood out to me was on one of his deep passes, he was totally beat. Mm-hmm. And he was able to catch up to the receiver, no problem. And like the ball was slightly overthrown, but like he was in position by the time the ball had gotten there that he was he had recovered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just like that's like we don't we haven't had corners like that. Like yeah. that yeah. kind of speed, it's it's unbelievable really. When you see it up close, like it's just holy crap, this guy is unbelievably fast. Yeah. He also had a nice kick return. I mean it wasn't anything super exciting, but it he got it out to past the thirty. Yeah. So and that was really the only kick return we had all day. So yeah. um some others <laughs> Speaking of kick returns, I was really happy that we got a delay of game to start this game as well. That's going to happen probably at least two or three more times this season. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I'm glad it wasn't us, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was I was actually a little you. concerned about it. Yeah. So. Um, something else about the secondary. Um, I just want to... Parnell Motley in particular, but all of our corners, I think, look pretty good in run support, which was good because mm-hmm. they were having to bounce pretty much everything to the outside. Like, I thought they were attacking screens pretty well, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, I think there were one or two screens that we kind of lost outside leverage. Yeah. Um, there was definitely one with Trey Brown where he took the wrong angle and the guy was able to get outside of him. And that's just... You can't have that happen because you that's how you get touchdowns like Iowa State had last year on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, true. But just, like, agreed, overall, they threw a lot of those. And overall, for the main most offense, part, it seemed like. Yeah. For, a while. for the most part, we did really well with them. But just, you know, you can't even mess up that once. Like, it's something that's really pretty easy, you would think, right? Yeah. To, to not let a guy get outside of you. And you, you just, you can't let it happen, you yeah. know? Um, I will say the good news about that is that our, you know, the back end safety net on those sort of plays is much, much better. Oh um, yeah. No, it's more athletic. It's, it's booky, you know? So that's, yeah. that's cool. That's cool to see. Yeah. Um, anything else about defense that we want to talk about? I, no, think, I don't think so. I think just overall it was encouraging and you just hope, it kind of it kind of validated what we've been hearing all off season. So hopefully they can uh, continue it and not just suffer a relapse like so often has happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, at the moment, I think this team looks like it's going to be really hard to run on, just in general. 
Um, and I, I'll need to see us go up against a better passer to understand how we'll look against the deep pass. But I am yeah. optimistic, at least, about um, the defense against the run. Who's the uh, first truly good passer that OU will face? I think, I mean, I think Kyle Kent is all right. Like, he looked pretty okay. good against us last year, you know. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> truly, truly good passer. I mean, are we looking at Charlie Brewer? Are we going to count him? I, I think Brewer probably has more ability than Kemp. I don't know if he's a better quarterback, but he probably has more ability. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I think if they can go in and, you know, look pretty good against Iowa State, yeah, I think that's a, a good barometer to kind of see where they truly are. Yeah. Which is a funny yeah. statement. No. Well, to me, and the the way I look at this defensive performance is, I'm not gonna get over the moon about it. Like, but it just it didn't make me feel worse. No, you know right. what I mean? Like, no. there it was made me feel like they were. It didn't make me feel like they were feeding us, you know, what we wanted to hear all off season. It's, it seemed like there exactly. might be actually some legitimacy to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I mean, we did. We saw our defense come out pretty well last year. You know, it's gonna be about the development over the course of the season. Do they maintain focus? Do they maintain yeah. that kind of effort level? Because there were times sure. last year where we just didn't play hard, you know, right. and like, can they maintain that? I think, you know, we've talked about the competition at some of these positions. Yeah. I think that's going to help a lot of that. So we don't get complacent. You know, we're not going to have a Jordan Thomas situation. Mm-hmm. You know, if Curtis Bolton plays poorly, we've got a guy behind him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, simply, yeah. Not, simply not having Jordan Thomas, it probably help us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, um, I really wonder how this competition with Caleb Kelly has affected Cordis Bolton because it kind of seems like it might have been the best thing to ever happen to him. Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, that's what this defense has lacked forever. You know what I mean? It's just we've had guys that just they get entrenched because three years ago we have a guy like Caleb Kelly. There is zero doubt in anyone's mind ever that that guy is starting, no matter where right. they put him. Yeah, you know what I well, mean. And how refreshing is it to have a senior that, actually, two of them, if you if you're ready to count Houghton or not, but to have a senior that might have been a backup for a while that actually kind of rises up and starts playing well, you know? Yeah, and uh, doesn't just kind of roll over. I can't remember like the last time that last, happened. Yeah, Gabe Lynn, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while. yeah, probably Gabe Lynn. So. No, it's it's impressive to see like it, you know, some guys that we've been waiting on for a long time, they're finally just maybe stepping it up and and ready to play some good football now. Um, mm-hmm. Special teams, you know, we talked about the block punt. Um, Austin Seibert looked good kicking towards the north. He looked really bad kicking to the opposite direction um, on kickoffs, but yeah. um, him putting it in the end zone. Yeah. That's right. Um, him putting it in the end zone off that uh, Bobby Evans unsportsmanlike penalty was pretty impressive to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was awesome. Um, but, you know, he's, you know, just be more the consistent, long, Austin, please. In the yeah. long field goal, had the distance. It was just a little yeah. left. Yeah, he got you know, 53 on yards. That. I, yeah. 53 yards, I can't be uh, no. too critical on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not, I don't have too many complaints about that. Other return game was not really there. We didn't have any opportunities. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So there were other college football games this weekend. There were uh, other college football games this weekend and earlier. I know. 
That's right. Um, I know that two of my playoff picks from our last podcast lost on opening weekend, yes, which a little disappointing. Um, I do. I I didn't feel good about the Washington pick when I made it, but I mean, obviously, I don't feel good about it now either. I thought they were going to beat Auburn, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one that I was most skeptical of. Um, let's start with that Auburn-Washington game. Did, how much of that game did you guys see? I actually didn't see very much of it. Um, but I got um, to see most of the second half. Yeah. So and I thought yeah. it was kind of a – I didn't think it was a very – I mean, I thought it was obviously a defensive kind of struggle, you know, slugfest, if you will. But uh, there were a lot of penalties and – I don't know. It just it didn't seem very um, clean, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I thought Washington had every opportunity to win that game, and they just couldn't. <laughs> so well, I don't know quite what that means, but uh, I think their yeah. defense is legit, and I think Jake Browning kind of is who he is, and I uh, just couldn't quite get him over the hump. Uh-huh. I. I thought Jake Browning looked kind of like he did against Alabama at times in this game. Oh yeah, definitely um, the start is what I've. What yeah, I remember. it took him a while to get into it, and like he's just not a very athletic guy. He doesn't have a huge arm, you know. So when he's playing against elite athletic defenses, he kind of just looks outmatched at times um, until he yeah. just kind of got his feet under him. I thought um, Washington's skill guys looked pretty good. Um, yeah. Their line looked a little overmatched, but Auburn has a excellent front seven so i don't know how much of that is I, I think auburn could probably do that to just about anybody but um i, I mean gaskin's a good player i thought their wide receivers they're kind of they're, you know there's some stuff up in the air no we weren't really sure how good their wide receivers are going to be but they made some decent plays i don't know they just seemed a little outclassed i think mm-hmm. yeah and my thing with uh with auburn is i don't like Jarrett Stidham, um, <laughs> I and like again, he's going up against a very good defense. Washington's defense is really good. Yeah, I just there's times where I'm just like I don't know if he can complete a pass. You know, like it just doesn't I look good. I still think know? he's in like a weird scheme fit for him. I don't. I know he. I mean, he's been successful there, but I think he would do much better at I don't know somewhere else. Basically, it's just a strange scheme fit for him to me. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. Um, but, I mean, Auburn's a really talented team. Their defense is, like you said, great. Um, offensively, they made it work enough. Like, they they got it done. Washington had the ball in the red zone, I think, three times and didn't score. Um, yeah. So that that's kind of your difference in the game right there. So um, this easily could have gone the other way. So Yep. Um, I wouldn't be surprised but, at know. all if Washington still runs the table. But it's just, yeah. you know. No, I wouldn't either. The- this was going to be their hardest game of the year. So Yeah. Okay. Um, next, one. let's talk about let's talk about my other playoff team that lost, um, <laughs> Michigan versus Notre Dame. Yeah. And this one, at times, you know, Notre Dame got up big. Like, didn't they get up? I think twenty to three or something. Twenty one to three. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Jumped out to it was fourteen to nothing before I really had time to like settle in. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. And then from there is they kind of traded blows, but um, I don't know. To me, Notre Dame looked. Pretty good. I thought their quarterback looked better, but it wasn't that hard to be better because he was pretty bad last year. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. 
Michigan. I mean, his athleticism is a problem, but throwing the ball. Oh, for sure. He's a talented runner. He's just not that great of a passer. Um, I don't. They had a good pass rush, but Michigan, I just don't think they're that good on the offensive line, and that's just been kind of their Achilles heel the last few years. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, Shea Patterson looked okay. So. Yeah, I saw a lot of criticism of Shea Patterson. I didn't get to watch this game live. I went back and rewatched it, but you know, I saw a lot of criticism of him on on Twitter and everything. And to me. I don't think it's Shea Patterson's fault. I think it's really the game plan in terms of utilizing his skill set and just kind of utilizing the skill set of the offense. Because like you said, the offensive line isn't where it needs to be to play at an elite level. But they have a guy in Shea Patterson whose strength is kind of operating in a system where that doesn't have to have a dominant offensive line. You yeah. know, like he, he's a really good passer on the run. Like get him out of the pocket. Yeah. You know, and let him go to work, but it just didn't seem like they were letting him do a ton of that until they absolutely had to. I think there's a, a kind of an identity crisis between what Michigan wants themselves to be, which is, you know, Andrew Luck Stanford a few years ago, mm-hmm. yeah. and then kind of what their players tell them they are, which is kind of, you know, not a great offensive line, some decent receiving talent, some decent running backs, but no, you know, workhorse, and then a guy that's better run, throwing on the run and kind of running a spread sort of offense. I don't know. There's kind of a a collision of two different things that it doesn't seem like they really understand what they are and what they want to do. Right. And to me, I and this is I'm going to sound kind of I mean, I'm not a homer for Michigan because but just since they were my playoff pick, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan's going to be a better team than Notre Dame by the end of the year. Um because I, I I think the overall the story of this game it was they were pretty similarly matched in my opinion yeah. you know like Notre Dame was able to group some some big plays together in in a way that Michigan was not but from an overall standpoint you know if you just look at the box score it's pretty similar you know what I mean so I think that there is I think there's more potential for growth for Michigan. Um, than there is for Notre Dame because I I think Wimbush is going to limit them all season, um, and I think you're going to see some issues that you know they're going to come to light a little bit more with that. I think Michigan I I think Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. Um, I think it will say a lot if they don't get better because it will mean that he just hasn't kind of tried to make things easier on Shea Patterson. But mm-hmm. if he does put Shea Patterson in more of a position to succeed and do his thing. I think Michigan can be really good offensively, even if they can't just kind of plow you over with their offensive line. Like, I think they can make it work. And their defense is really freaking good. Like, yeah, I don't think anyone can argue that. Their defense, they have studs there. So They don't need to score can, more than, like, 24 a game to truly be, no. you know, in every game they play. So if they can yeah. – like, they have a, a few decent receivers. They have – you know, Karan Higdon's not a great running back, but he's a decent running back. I mean, they have some, right. some solid offensive players. It's just running up and lining up in the eye and, you know, trying to use Zach Gentry as Jake Butt. I mean, they, that's just not what who they are and what they shouldn't try to be, even if that's maybe their core philosophy. It's just I think they need to kind of throw in some wrinkles to try and uh, get their players into something that is a better fit for what they are today. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just – I don't think even if – I think they should give Harbaugh a lot of time at that position, at that job, because he took over a crap situation 
Um, and I, th- I think he's a really good coach. And I know I watched that stupid documentary, and so I'm probably caping for him more than I should. Yeah, probably. But I, like, who are they going to get to replace? Because why I'm saying this at all is because there are going to be people that should Jim Harbaugh be their coach this year if they go nine and three again. You know what I mean? But I think. I think they have the potential, even if they go nine and three. I think they're still moving in a good direction. So um, nine and three in the Big Ten East with Notre Dame as you're at a conference—that's a pretty yeah, good record. It's so. a re- yeah, it's a really good record. So, um, any other games? I know I know Nathan watched a lot of the LSU Miami game last night. I watched the first half uh, until it kind of got out of hand. It was an ugly game, and I mean, it was kind of like Notre Dame Michigan, and whereas two bad offenses. And then one team just made more mistakes, and it kind of, so. The, I think LSU Miami was more uh, lopsided, but the score wise, than maybe it really was on the field. But uh-huh. Malik Rozier apparently is how you actually say his name instead of Rozier. Which, by the way, between Malik Rozier and uh, Tarod Taylor, these late like name change revelations are throw me for a loop. I mean, be more assertive if people are saying your name wrong for that long. That kind of bugs me, but. Uh, <laughs> But Malik Rozier is just, I don't know, man. He's just not, he's not that good. And I think Miami needs to really try and see if either if they can hide him. I don't know. I mean, they aren't going to play that many more teams this year that are better defensively than LSU. Because say what you want about LSU's offense, but it's the same old thing. They have a lot of dudes on defense. But uh, I don't know. He's just not that good of a player. And he really limits them because he's a 50% passer that can't really, I mean, he's not, he's not even that great of a runner. So I don't know. I would, I'd like to see them be better. Um, but whenever they're not getting, you know, the turnover chain going, they don't have that crutch. It, they kind of get exposed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't impressed with what I saw from LSU, especially Joe Burrow. Like, you know, I think he was, he was getting some praise at halftime. Um, from Mac Brown especially, but like all he did was he just didn't screw up. Like I thought some of the throws, I thought his arm looked kind of weak at times. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Miami was giving him windows that were just too big and he was completing some relatively easy passes. Um, and then he just didn't turn it over like Marie- Malik Rozier did. So mm-hmm. I don't think we really learned that much about LSU, especially like, I think they're probably going to yeah. be just a, eight seven eight nine win team this year so um basically what they normally are you know yeah i don't see them beating auburn or alabama um they could probably beat a&m but in the mississippi state's going to be probably pretty good this year too so if they're if they're higher than third in the division i'll be surprised yeah yeah um so, what other games do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about Texas? <laughs> we should we should talk about some Texas, huh? Yeah. And then we got we got, obviously we have to talk about the Pokes. Oh bit, yeah, I was going to ask you about we, your Pokes, but let's we can talk end with the Pokes. First. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Texas, <laughs> this game was outstanding. I enjoyed oh, this game so a lot. Good. So does good. Texas have a Maryland problem? <laughs> <laughs> They, oh, God. Sam Ellinger. Year, oh, my God. Sam Ellinger is my favorite quarterback of all time, like <laughs> other than maybe Baker. Like Sam Ellinger is amazing because 
he is like there's just no doubt about it like oh he's gonna turn it over here huh it's like when you watch tom brady and you're like oh he's gonna drive him down and score but it's yeah. the opposite of that <laughs> yeah oh, you know what I mean? oh he's gonna kill this game yeah it, it it's happened too many times to think it's not just like a a trend you know it, yeah it's 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 like the fourth or fifth time it's happened. You know, it's it's who he is at this point. Uh, yeah. It's and he did it's it crazy. twice. He did it <laughs> yeah. twice in this game. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah. And I have no earthly idea what he was trying to do oh. in the second one. Like the first one, you could argue, oh, he got hit. I mean, the guy was still way covered, but he did get hit. The second one, I have no idea what he's doing. It's just like, it was a ridiculous overthrow into like heavy coverage. And if he had underthrown it or thrown it where to the guy, like it's probably picked there too. Like yeah. it was just an unbelievable decision. Um, yeah. But it's just that's Sam Ellinger, and yeah. it's amazing to watch. <laughs> and let's talk about how Maryland, from what I saw, I saw mostly the second half or really the fourth quarter. Um, Maryland ran the same play like over and over again, yeah. and like it stopped working about midway through the fourth. But before that. Texas just had no answer. They were like, what is this play where the receiver yeah. comes around in motion? Yeah, the jet sweeps. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What, what is this? We've we never took, seen this yeah. before. Maryland took Texas back to like middle school football where you just Got get it. your fastest yeah. guy on a jet sweep. They yeah. No answer. I hope oh, you dust out the old Jeff Bidette jet sweep oh, with maybe yes. Marquise Brown and just to see <laughs> if it works against them in the Red River yes. game. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, Texas still can't play offense, huh? My thing with they just their running game is unbelievable. How a they don't have the offensive linemen to have a, a consistent like powerful running game, mm-hmm. and b like they don't have running backs. Like I don't like we no. talked about the running backs we knew, but like I don't think any of them are actually very good. Yeah, you know, yeah, like Kyle they Porter's just very very average. Yeah, you know, like I have, every I haven't single seen guy. Trey Watson yet, but it's just yeah, and Trey Watson's know. the one with the fumble there, you know. So, right. like, I they don't have guys to to carry the ball, so, and especially guys that are able to make up for having an average offensive line. So, yeah. and when they do have guys, they move them to tight end, and then basically, you know, <laughs> derail their college career. But it's okay; yeah. they still make the Raiders later on. So that's right. Shout out to Chris Warren. Um, so let, is that is that all we want to talk about with Texas? They uh, are definitively not back. We yeah. know this. Shout out to Robert Smith for picking them to win the national championship this year. <laughs> like that's oh, that's Joey Galloway, Baylor winning the Big Twelve level of stupid, probably yeah, worse. I think it's worse. Um, um, incredible stuff from Robert Smith. And then, like, after the game, I heard that, like, he, after the Texas game, Texas had lost. They were showing the OU highlights, and he was, like, really kind of crotchety about it. Like, he was like, oh, it's just FAU. That's all I'll say about this game. It was just FAU. FAU won you a know? lot of games last year. I'm like, right, yeah, FAU was, FAU was significantly better than Maryland last year. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a stat that Maryland has won, like, five games against FBS opponents in the past three years, and two of them were <laughs> Texas. Yes. They've won two against uh, ranked teams since 2011, I think, and the two are against Texas. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about what's going on in the state of Kansas with those two football oh, programs? no. It's, did you, okay. David Beattie. Did you see, 
a Kansas professor came forward this weekend and asked if maybe I they should it. just quit. I did see that. <laughs> I know. They should just collapse the program. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, what's the justification for keeping this going? So, <laughs> no. I'm it, glad that we're having that conversation honestly and openly. <laughs> yeah. I, how, how, many, how long is David Beatty going to last this year? Because if you can't beat freaking Nichols, like, I, maybe they would have won two games. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the saving point for him. Yeah. <laughs> if they have, I'm Googling this yeah. right now. If, I mean, I honestly think he might last the entire year. And if he wins a conference game, um, like, if he pulls a rabbit out of a hat and wins a conference game, I think he'll, they'll probably keep him. That seems insane. It, uh, so they've it, got they play November twenty third, so it's got to yeah. be a while. They've got Central Michigan this weekend, who kind of hung with Kentucky for a while. So yeah, they could lose that. It's on the road. They're yeah, probably going to well, lose. I feel fairly confident that they'll lose that because they just yeah. lost to Nichols. So yeah. sh- right. And then Rutgers is probably going to beat them. Rutgers is an improved team. Like they're probably going to beat Kansas, and then then they have Rutgers. Baylor. And do you remember? Ryan, do you remember on our uh, Big 12 kind of preview podcast, we talked about, could Kansas start the season 4-0? No, they can't. And uh, no, that's the, <laughs> the answer is no. They cannot do that. So, um, um, yeah, if they if they don't get a win in these first four, they're not winning a football game this year. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Um, I don't think they're – I don't see them beating a, a, a Big 12 team this year. Yeah. I think no, they – I don't their, think the bottom of the Big 12 is outside of them is going to be that bad. Like, I don't know. No. I don't think there's any truly terrible team in the league outside of Kansas. So, like they have to go to Baylor, like no. Yeah, the reality of the Kansas job though is that when Athlon did their like anonymous Big Twelve thing, Big Twelve coaches talk about Big Twelve teams thing. One of the things somebody said about Kansas is that like he would take that job if he had a ten-year guaranteed contract. You got a Jimbo him. Yeah. You yeah. would have to throw Jimbo Fisher money at somebody for them to even be willing, like, for a good coach to even be willing to take that job. Yeah. Like, and David Beattie is still, like, really highly thought of among coaches. Um, and it's just been for nothing. Yeah. What? This is his fourth year, right? Um, I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I... Maybe give him one more year because then he'll have literally his entire team will be his guys. Yeah. Um, I and mean, then, and you, I can, then you can say we gave him five years. Like, that's a long time to yeah. give somebody. Right. And I, I mean, he inherited just an absolute mess. But yeah. at this point, he sh- at this point, he should be beating Nichols. I mean, yeah. at home. I don't know. Nichols at home. Yeah. No, I agree. No, I honestly, if I were a Kansas fan, I would definitely want him fired. Like I have no doubt about it. But um, yeah, it, that's that's a rough situation up there. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Kansas State? What's going on with the Wildcats? Um, so for those of you who didn't see, uh, Kansas State had to make a really nail-biting late comeback um, to beat South Dakota. Not South Dakota State. Yeah, South Dakota. Yeah. Um, I mean, they seem to have this every few years, though. It's like they struggle and they're very – it's kind of the Washington State thing. It's like they struggle against like an FCS team, and then they turn into a pretty decent team by midseason. I'm not, I'm not as concerned about them as I am about KU. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for sure. 
Um, yeah, no, I I agree. They've definitely they've laid eggs in week one before. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to get their stuff together because they start with misses. They have Mississippi State this weekend. They're gonna lose Ooh. that. So I think they're um, gonna get drugged. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, a poor start for the for the Bill Snyder season. But then, like, and you look at their schedule, like they play UTSA, who looked horrendous against Arizona State. So that's probably a win. But then mm-hmm. they've got to go to West Virginia. They'll lose that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so cool. yeah, things are not looking great for for the Wildcats. Yeah. Um, and all right. Like the uh, like the reality of the coaching situation there is that like the administration can't fire can't fire Bill Snyder. They just they have decided that he has earned the right to stay as long as he wants. He's and, got his name on the stadium. Yeah, his he's got his name on the stadium. His statue's outside. He's gonna coach there until he dies. Um, literally, yeah, they, they literally they gave him a five-year contract too, so that's another reason why they can't fire him. So yeah, and but the problem is that like honestly, I think a big reason he's still even there is that when he they won't hire his son, they won't hire his son, and they shouldn't. Yeah, um, no, they absolutely should not. And that's just I natural. think he's I think he's gonna try and just stay there so long that they're just gonna be like, okay, well we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> Strong arm a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Okay, can we talk about the Cowpokes? Let's, let's talk, talk about, about your Pokes. My beloved Oklahoma State Cowboys, who have uh, – they moved up to number 50 in the uh, recruiting rankings. Not that that matters. <laughs> you know, top 50 now. So, received a, hu- received a huge commitment from Trace Ford, Edmund Santa Fe, defensive end. It's actually a pretty good one, so I'll give oh, you he's credit great. for that. He's going to be a great one. Yeah, get that uh, Oklahoma DNA in here. So, not OU DNA, Oklahoma, Oklahoma DNA. All right. So, <laughs> talk about the corner. My, Oklahoma, my Oklahoma State Cowboys opened up with uh, Missouri State this this past Thursday. It was a home game, and uh, the final score fifty eight seventeen. Um, obviously, the OSU Cowboys came out on top, and I know I'm hearing a lot of. Uh, of criticism for Taylor Cornelius, aka the Corn Dog, um, and I'm just not seeing it, y'all. You know what I saw? What did you see? I saw, I saw five touchdown passes from Taylor Cornelius no. out there. All right, oh, I saw no. not one, not two, not three, not four, but five of them. Five touchdowns from a guy in his first start. How many guys have you seen do that before? Huh? Um, you know. I literally saw two dudes do that in the same game um, a week prior. But yeah, that that was that wasn't big time football. This is Big Twelve football here. Okay? Yeah, big. <laughs> really, <laughs> I guess Missouri. I guess Missouri State. <laughs> um, I love this. You had won like eight this. games the last three years combined. Yeah, a bad FCS team. Yeah. Um, man, the reality is that I don't think Taylor Cornelius has it. Justice Hill is really good. Justice Hill is still explosive. I on like how is Justice Hill not getting more Heisman talk? Because he plays for Oklahoma State. That, I mean, there you go. You're talking about the same school that produced the greatest running back of all time, Barry Sanders, here though. And Justice Hill. Well, if Justice Hill runs for three thousand yards, then we'll talk. Or almost three thousand well, yards. Hey, he's on pace. He he ran for 122 yards in a quarter. So if he can stay on that pace, yeah, I like the chances there. Just saying. Um, but, yeah, no, Justice Hill, 92-yard run. 
you know, really impressive stuff. Uh, our run, our backfield is stacked, y'all. Okay, JD King, Chuba Hubbard. Um, I love that. LD. Is, it, is it Chuba or is it Chuba? It's Chuba. Is it Chuba? I've I've always okay. heard Chuba. To my knowledge, it's Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Okay. Yeah, the Chuba. Canadian wonder. Uh, is he LD the Canadian Brown. bulldozer though? Yeah, he needs he needs to run over some guys to be the Canadian bulldozer here. Um, LD Brown with had a long seventy seven yard touchdown run. Uh, best best running back core in the nation right here. Okay, other than uh, best, yeah. I'll say best running back core in the Big Twelve. Best running back core in the Big Twelve, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Oh man, still still the best receiving core in the country. Um, we have our next superstar in Tylen Wallace. I don't know if you guys got to see him. L.D. Brown sounds like the name of a middle school. It, it totally does. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah. But all I'm saying, y'all, so is Justice that... Hill. Justice yeah. Hill? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fun um, fact, I used to get calls at my house. My dad's name is James, and people would ask for Justice Hill. So ever since he's been at OSU, I've always kind of wondered if that was people trying to get in contact with Justice, and they just called my dad instead. <laughs> could have been fact, could, could have been. been that's interesting justice would have been about eight at the time but <laughs> um all right you were saying all in all all in all a really strong performance versus you know not the best opponent in the world but they did what they were supposed to 58 17 against missouri state bears um now who do, how, who are we playing this weekend i'm sorry i should have had this up already I don't know who they're playing this weekend, but I think two weeks from now they're playing Boise, so that'll be a good game. Oh, Boise State looked real good. I'm a little nervous yeah, about the, that one. They beat the <laughs> heck out of uh, Troy. Yeah, they, they looked great. I think Boise State's probably the best group of five school. I think that's a fair, a fair assessment. Yeah. You, guys, yeah, got, you so, guys got the United States of America next week. Oh, yeah, United States of America, South Alabama. Yeah. Nah, that's not going to be any problem there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I look for, you know, Taylor Cornelius missed a couple throws, but it's his first career start. You know, nothing nothing I saw in this game was something that I didn't think he could improve upon with some more experience and more practice time. I'm, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. USA's got it coming this week, and then we'll see how it goes against Boise State. <laughs> Little nervous. I have 10% nerves for that game. Yeah. All right. We know time to kick off this. Two thirty. Uh, I was hoping to be a night game. Oh well. Oh yeah. Uh, That'll be the same day as the. Uh, ooh, that. Ooh, get to watch that one. The same day as OU Iowa State, which is at eleven. So. Yeah. That'll be that'll be a good one. Yeah. I gotta All say, right. I'm not as confident in Taylor Cornelius as your Homer persona is. <laughs> I, yeah, my Homer persona is a total idiot. So. There is a. I pretty uh, much. Pretty much everything I said is like the opposite of what I actually believe. Because I don't think I think a lot of the things I saw in that game are not things that he can improve. So <laughs> it's like well, they do have a uh, lack of arm talent. Yeah, you have oh, ex Hawaii yeah. starter Drew Brown backing him up, and Drew Brown was starting over August uh, Heisman candidate Cole McDonald. So yeah. that's fair. He must be he must be pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, are we? Uh, how how are we doing here? Do we have anything else we want to talk about? I feel. Is like there anything we... else in the Big Twelve besides West Virginia that they looked good? Uh, but that's fine. Texas they always look. Ex quarterback got hurt. Of the year. Oh, yeah. 
McLean Carter got hurt, so I'm not sure how serious it is, but I don't think he came back into that game. Yeah. Um, so I've heard a couple things I've heard about Tech's defense is that they gave up 47. So yeah, they're not any better. They're not good at all. And they're also but I've also yeah, I've also heard the argument that Tech's defense used to would have given up 70 against this Ole Miss offense, so they actually <laughs> are improved. So so we'll instead of atrocious, they're develops. just bad. Yeah, we'll just yeah, they're to... just bad. Yeah. They um they gave up forty seven. They I think they had two players ejected. Like that's not a good time. Yeah, I I no. was optimistic about this tech defense getting better. Maybe they did get better, and it's still bad. I mean, it is entirely possible that Ole Miss is really good offensively. Like that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some really good wide receivers, and their quarterback's decent. So I I could see them being pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So do we want to end it there? I think that's going to be about it. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Oklahoma underscore Drill. Follow us individually at RW Maxi and at our <coughs> at Alex P Purdy. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, you know why don't you share it with your friends? Because that's how we get. That's how word gets around. You know, that's how this works. Um, And thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.